You're listening to episode 21 on Abundant After Abortion, How to Not Be Triggered by Babies. How to Not Be Triggered by Babies. Welcome to Abundance After Abortion. If you have had an abortion, girlfriend, you are in the right place at the right time. You are fearfully and wonderfully made and your life has purpose and meaning. And so does your little one. John 10, 10 says, Christ died that we may have life and that to the full, or what other translations say, in abundance. Not to the exclusion of those who have had an abortion. So I am so glad you're tuning in. Now let's get into today's episode. Okay, did you like the intro? (laughs) I don't know why I decided to say the title twice. I felt like um, a movie announcement, a show host. I don't know. Some, I'm sure there's something out there where they like announce it twice. That's what I felt like. But here we are talking about how to not, 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 not be triggered, triggered, triggered by babies. Are you ready? Here we go. So let me start by prefacing. If the shoe fits, wear it. So I never want to blanket statement or put people in categories, buckets, or labels. Um, I just want to offer things to think about, other perspectives, maybe what could be going on behind the scenes, underneath, etc. cetera. Um, but it's not to say that this is exactly what's happening for everyone. But if the shoe fits, wear it and just hear what I have to say and take it with a grain of salt, okay? Um, I hear a lot in the post-abortion world of ladies being triggered by their husband's baby shower or their best friend just announced they're pregnant or they were in a grocery store and some little kid thought you were their mom and they ran up to you and, oh my gosh, or you see a newborn baby, there's all these things, circumstances that can be triggering. And we flare up, we feel flushed, we, etc., have some kind of emotional response to these triggers. And uh, so I wrote what I wanted to say, and I might dovetail a little bit, but I want to offer a few perspectives for your consideration. And remember, I'll say it again, if the shoe fits, wear it. If it don't, exchange it, (laughs) return it. I don't know. Move on to the next episode. So here's one thing that you've maybe heard before. What you resist persists. What you resist persists. So we're feeling triggered and uh, probably we're resisting that. Like we want to go away. We want to defend ourselves. We want to not feel what we're feeling. We're super like resistant. I don't like feeling sad. I feel angry. Whatever emotion is coming up or this circumstance, we want to go away, change it, avoid it, stop it. So we're resisting. And the first perspective 
about resisting is to allow allow for it. That doesn't sound fun, not at all one bit, but one option is to allow for the emotion that comes as a response to what we're calling a trigger, what we're saying is triggering a circumstance. So how do we allow? Because you might be like, no, I really am sad. I am feeling sad. Is that different? Is that not the same as allowing? So you can feel an emotion, but be resistant to it when we're trying to go away from it or change it or shame it. And now we're stacking emotions on top of emotions. I shouldn't be feeling sad, so now I feel bad. Or I shouldn't be angry, so now I feel guilty. And we're stacking emotions um, and feeling resistant to feeling, uh, allowing them. So you could grab a journal and answer a couple of these questions. So take notes. Here's some prompts to think about. What do I feel? In a one-word emotion, we're just going to do one at a time. What do I feel? Or make a list. Just one-word emotion. What emotions do you feel when you are, quote-unquote, triggered by a baby, by someone being pregnant, by someone announcing a baby shower, whatever it is that's triggering to you, seeing a card at Target. <laughs> Any old thing can spike emotions. So what are these feelings that you're having, experiencing? Then get curious about those emotions. So even like subconsciously or unintentionally, we, when we are not aware of our emotions and we don't check in with what we're feeling, we just think we know, we will respond. So I might think that I feel anxious or sad and I think I know that and when I do I think I'm feeling sad or anxious like when I think I'm feeling this I'm gonna respond I'm gonna veg out I'm gonna guilt myself I'm gonna say oh my gosh I'm so lazy I'm so unproductive because I'm feeling something and we're stacking emotions now or I'm going to on the couch or overeat, over drink. So whether we realize it or not, we are typically, usually always, we are always responding to our emotions. So it's a great practice actually to journal what you're feeling daily, occasionally, every so often. It's a great practice to be familiar and check in with yourself how am I feeling today? And really be aware and um, become accustomed, like become a familiar with how you're feeling. Actually to like build a relationship with yourself and be familiar with how you're feeling. There's a difference between taking time to get to know how you're feeling versus flying by the seat of your pants and just responding and bouncing off of all your emotions. That's like so surface level and I'm not getting to know myself at all. I'm just so busy responding, bouncing from one emotion to another. I'm not really getting to know myself. 
So get curious and explore it. So here, put your emotion on the table, like literally write it on a piece of paper, put it on the table, look at it. That helps to get it outside of you. You are not what you feel. Like your identity is not your emotion or your thinking. Um, it's so when you put it outside of yourself, you're able to kind of separate yourself from it and see it from like a third party perspective. So you're you, there's the emotion on the table. And from an outside perspective, being curious, looking at that emotion, ask, what don't I like about this feeling? What do I want to do when I feel this way? Just be so, there's no judgment, there's no criticism, there's no, oh my God, I should be over this by now. Do you like judge yourself or ever guilt yourself for feeling emotions? I'm so horrible, I'm such a terrible person, I'm just so emotional and so hormonal. Like put that all aside and acting like a third party, get curious and be open, non-judgmental about your emotion put it on the table so you can see it and you're examining it like from an outside perspective what do i want to do when i feel this i want to take a nap i want to curl up and hide what do you feel like you want to do when you're feeling anxious get so familiar and accustomed with your emotions it's going to be so beneficial for you Another question, what don't I like about myself or how I am when I'm feeling blank? Just list it, journal it, unattached from any judgment or condemnation that might naturally, normally bring up as you're doing these exercises, answering these questions. Why am I trying to avoid this feeling? This is a great way to get to know yourself. Know thyself. Why am I trying to avoid this? What is the truth? I hate this. I don't like being sad. I'm scared. I'm afraid. I'm going to do something. Like, what is it that you're trying to avoid? Why am I trying to avoid this feeling? What is the truth? Get down to the very bottom. Keep asking, 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 why, 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 till you get to the very, very bottom and there's no more whys left. What's the worst that could happen by feeling I just feel bad all day? I yell at someone? I cry? What is the worst thing that could happen by being triggered or feeling blank? Okay, where do I feel this in my body when I am overwhelmed? Where is that feeling in my body? Where does it show up? And then you can get curious about that and try to describe what is that like? What is that feeling like of overwhelm in my, in my ribcage? <laughs> I feel anxious and it feels like a cloud is, like a thundercloud is churning. Like try to describe what that's like. I feel sweaty in my palms when I'm feeling overwhelmed, etc. Describe that as a way to become familiar and acquainted because 
when we don't know what we don't know, probably we're going to be afraid of it and just continue this perpetual cycle of running and hiding, running and hiding, avoiding, avoiding, and taking whatever action that looks like in our life, responding to that emotion that we haven't even taken the time of day to become acquainted or familiar or understand. So when we get acquainted with our emotion, that's the first step is to process and diffuse it. And when you take time like this to feel and understand and allow and be curious and there's no judgment or condemnation, I just am explaining and describing and learning, you will find that it will leave your body. It will diffuse. It just takes a little bit of time. So when we don't know, uh, don't even know what we're resisting, aside from a feeling, then we are living unconsciously. I really like this idea um, that uh, my coach has talked about, living consciously. When we unplug from ourselves, from our feelings, from what we're thinking, we're living unconsciously. And then we wake up one day and we're like, how did I get here? How am I freaking broke? How am I so unhealthy in my lifestyle? How have I not taken care of myself for the past 10 years or whatever it is? It's because we've been living unconsciously. Um, so until we stop resisting uh, and it'll stop persisting because it won't hit you like it used to when you're when you've been un or intentionally trying to avoid it like unintentionally intentionally i don't even know that i'm trying to avoid this cuz i haven't tapped into it i'm just so busy running and hiding and feeling afraid and trying to buffer from that so sure you may still feel pricked you may still feel sadness or pain whenever you see a pregnant woman don't say, like, I'll never get over this. I'm hopeless. This will never change. I'm always going to be this way. It might seem that way because how long has it been and how long have you been feeling this way? It might seem that way. But what you resist persists. And so to allow for the emotion to become acquainted with yourself and answering these questions, can help you to become familiar and it's not so scary anymore and it's not a big deal it won't even at some point it won't even hit you like it used to because it's not a big deal it's not a big scary thing so what if you knew how to handle responses as if it were like opening your front door to go out for a walk in the sunshine what if we'll say being triggered, what if you knew how to handle those instances as if it were like opening your front door because you're going to go for a beautiful walk out in the sunshine? Just something that doesn't even phase you. It's not difficult. It's not hard. It doesn't hit you at all. It's just a normal thing that you do, and it's not hurtful. <laughs> all right. So, oh, yeah. Number one, what we resist persists and how to work through that, allowing and becoming acquainted with our feelings and our emotions and our thoughts. 
Number two. So when we're triggered, it's also an opportunity to practice intention. I just mentioned a moment ago about living unconsciously when we don't even know what we're resisting and we're so busy just responding, responding, responding to our feelings and emotions. When we're triggered, it's also an opportunity to practice intention. So with any circumstance, circumstance being a thing that exists in the world to which we attach our thoughts to or assert our value on, so circumstances are neutral, but what we make them mean or think about circumstances make them good, bad, positive, negative, etc. Circumstances are neutral. For example, abortion is a circumstance and what you think about abortion is either going to make you feel good or bad or make it mean good or bad. I know, crazy, right? <laughs> So we have the choice to see the cup as half full or as half empty. You can either um, be susceptible to life happening at you, happening to you, thus being like, like a victim, if you want to think about it that way. Um, you could be a victim of your life as if you're walking across the stage and getting tomatoes thrown at you. Or you can practice intentionality and decide what you want to think about walking across the stage and what that means. Depending on what you think about walking across that stage will determine how you feel about tomatoes being thrown at you. It couldn't mean one iota. It couldn't mean a drop in a bucket. But depending what you think about the circumstance, it's going to knock you off your socks or not. So you either see the cup as half empty or half full. And what you think about circumstances, what we are triggered by, is going to determine whether you give a chip about the tomatoes or not. <laughs> um, so here is another thing to consider just between you and me. So I personally, I want to decide that, decide to grow and heal and learn from past choices. That's what I want for myself. And if you want that for you, I want that for you too. So the way I respond, uh, responded, the way I responded to my pregnancy was out of fear and self-preservation. I was afraid. I was scared. I wanted to preserve myself. And so when I was pregnant, I made a choice that was out of self-preservation. It was selfish, purely self-centered only thinking about me and what I wanted and what I was afraid of and my future. And I am responding the same way when I am triggered by a baby or when I see a pregnant woman um, in any way. And my response is to run from 
the reaction, retention, I can't read my, oh, threatening my chicken scratch. So, okay, when I am triggered by et cetera, X, Y, Z, and my response is to one, because I'm feeling threatening emotions to my well-being, does that make sense how I am responding the same way as I did when I was pregnant. I'm repeating the same self-preserving actions. And to me, that is not learning from my past. And that is not even honoring my baby. I can make choices today that are honoring to my baby. And when I am responding out of fear and self-preservation, I'm re I recognize because that's the way I responded when I found out I was pregnant and decided to have an abortion. It was out of fear and self-preservation. So when I find myself being um, feeling threatened by emotions, threatening to my happiness or my well-being or my self-preservation, like I naturally want to feel better and I want to run and escape and hide and hide. hide. <laughs> I want to hide from that. <laughs> Escape and run and hide. It's the same decision as I made when I chose abortion. Does that make sense? Do you see that? So, okay, I don't know about you, but I don't want to keep repeating this. I don't want to live out of the same thought process. I don't want to make decisions based out of fear like I did in the past. I want to learn and grow and make choices that honor my baby rather than preserve my own self and I'm afraid for myself um okay so what was I afraid of like what are these threatening emotions for, from what what I have to ask like what was I afraid of that I what am I running from what am I running from why do I want to hide hide from what um I was at risk of losing myself that's what was at stake. And so I believe that abortion was the answer. Wow. Can you imagine feeling like you're going to lose yourself? And what would you be willing to do, like, at that level? For me, that looked like choosing abortion. I was willing to take that path because I felt at risk of losing myself. Foreign world. And so what is at risk when I'm going to feel an emotion I don't enjoy or prefer when I see a pregnant person or when I'm triggered? What's at risk then? I'm probably being reminded of my choice. So when I am triggered, I am reminded possibly of my choice and the fact that I don't have my baby with me today. So I am faced again with this risk of losing myself, of feeling these threatening emotions to my well-being, my happiness, my satisfaction, my thoughts about myself, my future, my reputation all of these things are at risk again when I'm threatened. So of course, 
it's like very fight or flight. Gotta run, gotta hide, gotta change the circumstance, gotta get out of here. Wow, I am at risk. Do you feel that? When I'm triggered and I'm reminded of what I did or my own choice, I am experiencing that risk, that risk of losing myself, like I'm explaining, all over again. But instead of spinning out into all of that entails, like my choice, and what that means about me and how that all went down and living it over and over again, you and I have the opportunity to practice intention rather than be swayed by the wind, just like blowing in the breeze, whatever comes at us, we can hold up, wait a minute, practice intention and find resolution if we haven't, so that you are free from this self-condemnation. Condemnation will set you spinning every time you give into it. So how do we get free from condemnation? What we're saying about ourselves. How could I do this? I can't believe I did that. I'm a whole horrible person. I don't have my baby with me. This is so awful. I didn't have a choice. I was forced. Whatever your story is about yourself that is condemning or blaming. Like, it's not my fault. It was this and that and the other and him and they and everything else. But it wasn't me. So I'm trying to get free from what I think is condemning. Because that doesn't feel good. He'll spin out every time you give into it. So how do we get free? From condemnation. It is not a snap your finger, bippity boppy boo, one and done sort of deal. This is deep personal inner work. It's a process of recognizing what you feel and working through it, allowing our feelings yuck, <laughs> versus responding to our feelings and emotions. Like what I've been talking about. I feel triggered, so I'm going to respond by eating ice cream or running and hiding, etc. Okay, here is one more thing, perspective that I want to offer you to consider if the shoe fits. Okay? Um, Okay, throat getting scratchy. Number three, in some instances, any sort of trigger, so any trigger about anything, can be an indication that we have not yet accepted ourselves. And in fact, we haven't. We don't. Hear me out. If you think about your attitude and your beliefs being projected out, that's pretty much how we experience life. What we think about ourselves and what we believe about ourselves in the world, we are going to experience that in our life by our relationships, our job, our status, our like pretty much everything. 
about our life is based on our attitude and beliefs about ourselves. And that is just projected out. Um, and we come to experience that mirrored out into the world. Then when we see something that triggers us, so that can't be, that can't be them. That has to be us. It's a reflection of our own thoughts about ourselves. What? 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 <laughs> Does that make sense? If you feel like you're triggered by something outside of you, literally, it could be just your thoughts about yourself being thrown back at you. Because what we think about ourselves is mirrored out into the world crazy. So the mom didn't do anything to trigger you. The shower invitation didn't do anything to trigger you. That baby didn't do anything to trigger you. These are all just things that exist in the world. They just are what they are. They're neutral circumstances. What you knowingly or even unknowingly think about these things relate uh, how these things relate to you is what produces the trigger and the emotion that you feel. <gasps> what? Am I saying that I am responsible for how I feel? Um, it's actually really empowering to say, yes, I am responsible for how I feel. Not saying isn't that so disempowering to say that things outside of me determine how I feel? Um, I don't do yoga, but there's this thing called your locus of control. And that is how you see, um, uh, I don't even know, <laughs> power. Like if your personal power is inside you or outside you. And your locus of control, Google it. I don't know. This is just what's coming to mind right now. Your locus of control is what you see about your ability to control your life or determine your outcomes or like the power you have to live the life you want to. Is that up to you or is that up to circumstances outside of you? Um, back to my notes. So what is that, honey? What are you saying about yourself? Oh, okay, yeah, I'm going back to what we are mirroring and reflecting out into the world. So if we are being triggered by something, a circumstance outside of ourselves, what is it that we're thinking about ourselves that is creating that trigger? Does that make sense? What are you saying about yourself or that baby or that pregnant woman that is causing the trigger for you to feel the emotion. Sad, angry, overwhelmed, frustrated. Do not say like it's not me. We want that girl, that, I hate to say this, that is living a victim mentality. You're putting your power outside of yourself, but you've got it, girl. You've got what you need to take control of your life. And the control of your life is not in the hands of a pregnant woman 
or a baby. So anything outside of you. So what is it? I know it's so hard, but if you want, I would love to talk with you about this. What is it that you are seeing and thinking and believing about yourself that is producing a response to a circumstance out in the world, a.k.a. a trigger, something that's triggering? So maybe could it be that you haven't found it in yourself to forgive yourself yet? If you're holding bitterness or resentment, unforgiveness about yourself, of course things outside of you are going to be a punch in the face. That is what is being reflected and projected out into your world, your own thoughts about you. So your brain is going to work to find things to show you what you believe about yourself to find evidence and a reason for you to continue your belief. I'm a horrible person. I did something terrible and I can never forgive myself. Look at that. Look at that. Look at this baby. Look at that pregnant woman. Boom, boom, boom. Trigger, trigger, trigger. Bam, bam, how? <laughs> but it is a reflection of our own thoughts about ourselves. So maybe you say you have forgiven yourself. I have said these words. I have spoken them to myself in the mirror what have you, but yet I still struggle with emotions or anger or being triggered. Not a problem, honey. It's not a problem and nothing is wrong with you. Do not say like, oh, I'm such a problem or this is never going to end or this is something's wrong with me. No, and you're not alone. You're, the, you're not the only one who is thinking and feeling this way, these things. You're not alone. You are special, but you're not a special cookie. You're not a special snowflake. It's completely normal, anticipated, okay? You get to learn, grow, love yourself, and decide what to think, and how to respond. Just like I was saying a while ago, this is not a bippity-boppity-boo, say the magic word, I forgive myself, la la la, and everything is great and wonderful. This could be a process, just like establishing a habit. We don't create a habit overnight. It takes repetition. It takes practice to build a skill. It can take time to grow and develop, especially if we have dirty mental habits and I condemn myself and judge myself and hate on myself mentally and I've been doing that for years, that is not going to change overnight, girlfriend. And that is why I am your coach to work with you through this journey of personal growth, taking your power back, loving ourselves, accepting ourselves, um, even changing what we believe not unbiased or unfounded. And so sometimes we just need help building that belief and building that foundation on which our beliefs stand. Does that make sense? Maybe you feel so lost and like, I literally can't do this. I'm lost. I don't know how. I can't. I keep failing. I keep falling. 
I know I can't support myself. Like, I'm the one who beats myself up. It doesn't matter what I try. I can't change. If that sounds like you or you feel like you resonate with that, book a consultation with me so we can work on this. You do not have to do this alone, and you don't have to live this struggle, like, forever. I hid and lived lives for seven years. I did it alone. I was scared. I was afraid. I felt horrible because I hated keeping secrets and living lies. Whatever your case is, whatever your ifs, ands, or buts, you don't have to do this alone. You don't have to prolong or extend your healing journey and DIYing it. <laughs> you don't have to suffer indefinitely or live in pain or judgment or unforgiveness or bitterness. Like, you do not, and I am here to help you. This is what I do. This is what abundant after abortion, not only, like, this is baseline. There is so much more beyond baseline healing post-abortion. So how to get started is to fill out my application. It will be in the notes for you. Click on my application. you got to answer some questions. Um, and then you'll be redirected to my calendar where you can book your consultation. Okay? I get to learn a little bit about you. And then we jump on a consultation and then say yes to working together. Ultimately, I just help you decide one way or another. I'm not here for the yes. I'm here for the no's. I'm here for the I don't know's, maybe's, yes's, all of it. Okay? No pressure. I am just here to help. Um, until next week, review the journal questions under the first proposition I offered. Um, fill out a coaching application. Book your consultation. Girlfriend. And I'll see you next week. Hey, I'm so glad you're listening to Abundant After Abortion. I've just got a favor to ask. Okay, two favors. If you wouldn't mind giving this podcast a quick five-star rating, just scroll down to the bottom of the page on your phone and tap to rate. Second, if you know someone who needs to hear a message of hope and love after having an abortion of their own, would you send this to them? I won't give you numbers or statistics, but suffice it to say there are a lot of women who have had abortions that we probably don't even know of because many of us are suffering in silence for so many reasons. We're not even open or sharing about it. Lastly, I am here to walk this journey with you. Click my milkshake link where you'll find all the ways that we can get connected. You can sign up for my freebie, Deflating the Stress Balloon. You can join my email list. You can register for my latest webinar or sign up for a consultation so we can coach together for abundance after abortion. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next week.